1: On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus Green Bay Packers final review. We're going to talk about some stuff that we liked in this game, and we're going to talk about some stuff that we didn't like in this game. We also bring up a big discussion about if Panay Sewell should stay at left tackle, or if they should move him back to right tackle when Taylor Decker comes back. We'll discuss about that all on episode 194 of the Pride Podcast. Blue With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle,
0: Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared! Goal! Yes. Clark! Yes. down Detroit Lions! T.J. Hawkins. Yes! They did it! They tied it!
2: Extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 194 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler. Jump on my main man, as always. Malcolm, how you doing today, my bad? Woo, man.
1: Awesome. I'm doing a lot better. More
2: positive in this episode than you know, our instant reaction after the game yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm doing a lot better. I rewatched the game. I um, I like, I kind of, you know, there's some good things I saw from the games, and it it did make me feel a lot better. Um, I did calm down because I did lose some money on this game. So, um, besides that, I'm doing a okay.
2: No, I feel you. No, and that that's why I was very upset because I had skin in the game. I bet on the, I bet on the spread. And if the Lions got a touch on the end of the game, I wouldn't have been as depressed as I was in that postgame. I, I really wouldn't have.
1: <laughs> me neither. Me neither. And actually, um, I bet for the total score. Um, I also bet on the game, but I also bet – I the side bet also on the total score. So even though I knew, like, all right, I knew that the Lions lost, if I would have came up on the total score, I would have only – I would have pretty much broke even. So I would have been okay. But we're one touchdown short. So I mean, I feel like an idiot. Yeah.
2: Again, um, you know, we're not sponsored right here, but Barstool Sports had a nice promo code in Michigan. If you bet on the Lions spread, they were giving away a hoodie. I think it feels like you bet a hundred bucks and win, lose or draw, you get the hoodie. So, I mean, at the very least, I got a Lions hoodie out of it and it's a pretty sick hoodie. So I'm, I'm excited to get it. It's a lion's hoodie? It's a lion hoodie. It's really sick. I'll send you a picture. It's like, It says, made in Detroit. And it's got like a go football, like a skull in the middle. It's really oh, sick.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, that's, I mean, at least you got something, man. I got, I got, I got I something. Know.
2: I got something, you know? So, at least I got a hoodie out of it.
1: So. Yeah, I just took a no. I just took a yeah, no. That's all I got. Yeah, I
2: lost your money. But, hey, you know what we do? We rebound next week. We rebound next week on Sports man, Betting. Oh, no, fuck it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it might be trying to retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll see. I'll see.
2: As you could tell by now, Peter's not with us today. He isn't feeling all 100%. It's not from the game; just not 100% today. So he won't be with us today. So, uh, just me and Malcolm today. We're gonna talk about Oops. this line packers game and more extent from our last episode, where, like I said, that was instant reactions five, ten minutes after the game. and you know, I, I like that we got the instant reaction. I still think we got a lot to, you know, we covered a lot in that, but I still think there's a lot more to cover because now there's obviously more details. You know, you sat down, like Malcolm said, he rewatched the game. So now he, he's looking more from a standpoint where he's not involved, the emotions are not as involved to the game where he could actually pay attention to what's happening. And, you know, we have numbers now. We could look at PFF and all this outside sources. So obviously this can be a lot more organized podcast. So I'm just going to kick it off to you, Malcolm. You know, obviously you said you rewatched the game. Um, you know, from your pure emotions watching last night compared to watching a second go around, you know, what was the difference overall for you, you know, as far as because you said it, you know, it was more positive for you. So what, what makes that more positive for you?
1: I think, I think, you know, watching a second time, our defense definitely played a lot better than I expected them to, I guess, the first go around. And some players who I thought were, uh, as I can say, I was scared. I feel a lot better about these guys. I'm going to just throw one name out there who I've been giving shit all week. Number 27, Bobby Price. <laughs> I see you laughing. I see you smiling. Um, no, seriously. Um, Bobby Price in the second half looked really well. He looked really well. And I think it's because he plays safety. He's able to tackle really, really, really well. He made some great key tackles on the edge. And um, he, in coverage, he, had, he, played, he played well in coverage. Bobby Price is a guy who I'm actually excited about now. I was, I was scared. I was scared at first. But now, after seeing Bobby, Pry- Bobby Price perform, um, I feel a lot better about Bobby Price. Another guy who I am going to bring up as well is your boy, Alex Anzalone. <laughs> I know we gave him a hard time. <laughs> well But well, that's
2: fair. No, no, I'll say I, I that
1: was fair, yeah, to Alexander. Yeah, Alexander. Yeah. Now, we gave him hell. We did that episode. Um, but after listening to um, Dan Campbell's comments, his presser, and he, how he was saying how he is um, definitely always around the ball. When I watched it the second time, I saw that. I was like, "Oh shit, he is always around the ball. Whenever you know, wherever the, you know, they make a catch or something." You always see, you know, you always see him there. So that's that's that, that is a positive, even though he did make some, you know, he had the, um, I believe it was a pass interference or it was it was like a, a holding call that he had, um, on Tunyon. And um, but he played. I think he played better than I thought he did originally. Yeah. And the the guy who um, I you know I think is taking his place. Jamie Collins. <laughs> Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins. And I just think Jamie Collins, and it's a toss up between Jamie and um, <laughs> Jamie and Trey Flowers.
2: Yeah, the Patriot boys. I
1: think, I, I think it's a toss up between them. Like, who like who played the worst? Um, and it, I don't think Jamie Collins played that bad because in the run game, he played really well. He played really well in the run game, but he's just a liability in the pass game. Same thing goes to Trey Flowers. So, I mean, those are two things – those are pretty much the things I noticed the second time around um, in that game. Yeah, no, I I think
2: it's fair. Uh, The – you know, Alex Anzalone actually got some praise from Dan Camel in his press conference on Monday. You know, saying, like you mentioned, he was all around the ball. And and it it was true. I mean, you know, it just – wasn't a very good match for him and it's and there's not going to be very many good matchups for him if that's the case of what they put him in this weekend, and you know trying to keep up with aaron jones or keep up with fast running backs it's just it that's not his game and you know you give him credit for being around the ball but at the same time this guy's on a long-term piece so it's not like a huge concern but you know it, it is what it is like he's a, he's just a stopgap right now and you know um Dan Campbell, also in his press conference today, mentioned that Derek Barnes is expected to have a role this Sunday. So <laughs> to be determined, but I you know I'm, I'm excited because obviously this linebacking corps needs some help right now. I mean, like we mentioned, Alex Anzalone, even though he was around the ball, I still think it's fair both ways. Like you could still criticize him for that performance. It wasn't a great performance by any means by Alex Anzalone, it wasn't, it wasn't but it wasn't crazy. as bad as I think as we initially thought it was.
1: Yeah, but it still like, wasn't
2: a good performance.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't good, but he was definitely—I mean, hands down—our best linebacker. Well,
2: I mean, there's only two of them that play him and James. Only two. Oh, Jalen even got a couple. Jay-
1: exactly, I was gonna say Jalen even got, got some snaps. snaps. I'm
2: looking at the the defensive snaps right now. He got only three snaps.
1: He got three snaps. Yeah, so he got—I mean, those those like a package that they had like a three a uh, uh, a four three package where they had him out there.
2: I saw that. Yeah, I remember but, that.
1: But um. Yeah, he I mean Alex Sanders alone he looks like I mean out of those linebackers that played he looks like the best one. The, Jamie Collins I mean he he was the main guy giving up those touchdowns to Aaron to um, Aaron Jones in in the flats. Whenever they did the misdirection plays and just Jamie Collins couldn't catch up or whenever they threw a swing pass to Aaron Jones, Jamie Collins just couldn't catch up.
2: I think looking at the big picture, not just in this game in general, but the big picture with Jamie Collins, obviously he wasn't brought in by Brad Holmes. But like I mentioned in our last post-game show, was Brad Holmes restructured his contract. So he could have moved off Jamie Collins this year a lot easier, I would say. like It's still a movable contract, but it was a lot easier to move off of if they didn't restructure the deal, which they restructured the deal. So now, you know, if the Lions say, you know, we don't want Jamie Collins on our 53 next year, you're adding more debt to cap than it initially was. So, you know, it's interesting that Brad Holmes did that because and I think from the fan perspective, or at least from our perspective, Jamie Collins doesn't really look like a fit for this defense. At least it doesn't look like a long term fit.
1: He to me, he doesn't he doesn't look like a middle linebacker on this defense. Fair. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that should be his role. He's he's too big. Yeah. And and what want, Guys play sideline to sideline. And we saw last week that that's not Jamie. Jamie Collins can't play sideline to sideline. He's a really good – he he could play the run really well. When that's, so you put him at the outside linebacker? I, I mean, shoot, if, if I had it my way, that's what I would do because I think our outside linebackers are struggling. Both Romeo and, and Trey Flowers, I think they're both struggling, especially in coverage. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think if you were to move Jamie to one of those positions, I think he would be able to cover the flats better than, than those guys. Um, because now he's not in the middle of the field; he's already on the outside. So he's just, just got to cover the flats. So I think that he will play that position a little bit better. And as far as stopping the run, he you know he's 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 good uh, as far as like you know stopping the run. So I think he will be better a better outside linebacker than what we have now. But as far as the middle linebacker, that's just not him. I mean, for this defense, he, system, he, I mean, he need he needs he, exactly he, What we need is we need guys that could fly. Well, during yards. Yeah. I, <laughs>
2: And when we saw him on the Patriots, too, obviously a different system than we're running right now, but they moved him everywhere. Like, he was at that Jack linebacker spot. He played the middle. He was everywhere. And he even had, I believe, eight sacks in that 2019 season with the New England Patriots, if I'm not
1: mistaken, when uh, lined uh, up uh, in the something, outside. Something like that. Something like that.
2: Yeah, so, like, he can get to the quarterback. I don't know how consistent – because we, we haven't seen that person in Detroit because they haven't really put him in that position. I mean, sometimes – And Patricia's system, we saw him, you know, use him in different ways where he would rush him up the middle sometimes in the three tech spy or I I didn't really see Patricia put him too much at the outside linebacker spot. So I I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're onto something because you mentioned our outside linebackers are not really performing too well right now, including guys like Trey Flowers, Romeo Aquara, Julian Aquara, only getting four snaps in this game. Uh, Charles Harris uh, got twenty six snaps in this game, and I believe he actually had a sack he, in this game. Yeah,
1: the sack. He did have a, yeah. Sack. He
2: had a sack. Yeah, the sack. And then uh, Austin Bryant was a healthy scratch this game.
1: Yeah, our our edge rushers got they definitely got to play better, and maybe it could be a thing of, you know, they're still learning. You know, this is their first time standing up. You know, they're they're standing up like on um, outside linebacker versus, you know, the hands in the dirt yeah. guys. So maybe maybe it's gonna take some adjusting. You know, them in coverage, they're probably not used to being in coverage like this. But now they're chasing guys. It's it's tough. It's it's not really their forte. Yeah.
2: It's going to be interesting going forward, especially for certain game plans, too. Like, you're not going too extreme to the next game versus the Baltimore Ravens. But, like, you know, with Lamar Jackson's speed, will the Lions maybe run more three-linebackers instead of the five-man front? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's possible, right?
1: That's going to be tough. And I I know when we break that down, we'll probably – Figure something out, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not even trying to think about.
2: I know. I (laughs)
1: my (laughs) brain is just. (laughs) I can't even think about Lamar Jackson right now. But yeah, no fair. Detroit Lions football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T I C K P I C K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. Tipic got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charges, which let them guarantee the best price on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if you're looking for tickets for the upcoming Detroit Lions versus the Baltimore Ravens at Ford Field, then TickPick got you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash Pride Podcast today and use promo code PridePodcast to save $10 on your first order of your Detroit
0: Lions tickets.
2: Yeah. all right so you know you mentioned the defense looked better and i agree man uh i want to go on to a, co- a comment that dan campbell said right after the game on monday night so he says he puts the game on the offense just because of how the game was going um he puts the game on the offense why they lost his game because obviously the packers are scoring points at will um so w- what's your thoughts on campbell's comments do you agree with him there or do you, do you think this is on the defense or do, do, are you with campbell or do you think this is on jared goff and the detroit Lions offense
1: I mean, yeah, it, it is on the offense. I mean, the defense, they played lights. I think they played, the, as you know, they don't have the, the, the personnel. But they played as well as they could. And I want to talk about as well as they could. In the first half, um, Aaron Rodgers was 8 for 10, 75 yards, two touchdowns. I get the two touchdowns. But this is the main thing right here. Devontae Adams had three catches for 29 yards in the first half. And you talking about with our secondary being banged up. They had, in the first half, they had Devontae Adams with three catches of 29 yards. And at that point, there was no other receiver that caught a ball from Aaron Rodgers. So they're playing really, really well. Even though that looked like it was a back-and-forth game, the defense, they they play smart. I mean, that game plan of playing two safeties high, you know, you have your seven-man on front, and you kind of let them, you know, you're letting the Packers run the ball, but you're making an effort to stop it. So I like the game plan. I love the game plan. The defensive game plan. Ag, he's he's the real deal, and I'm hoping that we could keep this guy around because he might be a candidate for head coach because he's doing a phenomenal job from the pieces that we have. And uh, another big thing that um regarding that game too, and the reason why I put it on the, the offense as well is because, I mean, we we did have the turnovers. You know, we had the two turnovers. You know, Jared Goff fumbled twice. You know, he did throw. I mean, he he fumbled twice. He covered one, but he threw the interception. Um, that fourth and one play. So we, you know, that's a turnover there. Um, we gave the, the Packers the ball again. So yeah, we we got to execute. We got to execute better as far as offense. They got to execute better, especially in the, when the game is going back and forth like this. You can't can't shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, like you can't have these penalties that's gonna make you have longer drives than you're supposed to. You can't. You know, And when you get in drives like that, the fourth and one, which. I can, you know, watching the second, you watch the second time around, the fourth and one play that everybody's saying that their guy's wide open. Okay, yeah. watching the second time, you kind of get what Jared Goff was going in that play, and it's and it's still no excuse for missing. He had three wide receivers. He had three people open that play. The whole damn right side, the middle of the field and right side was wide open. You had Swift, you had St. Brown, and I, and you also had um, T.J. Hawkins. Um, T.J. Hawk. TJ Hawkins, you also had Raymond.
2: Cleef, yeah, be are right. In the flat, yep.
1: Cleef Raymond was also wide open. So you had to get wide open. Now, in that fourth and one play, Eric Stokes first he just got in the game. That's it. Is his name Eric Stokes? Eric Stokes, Stokes? yep, from Georgia. All right, from Georgia. So this he just got into the game. Eric Stokes, rookie. Rookie just got in the game. And I guess when Jared Goff was looking at that play, he was trusting his man to beat the rookie. He was testing the rookie. And and I get it. But he did have three guys open. But he was he was testing the rookie, and I'll, I'll say this: Eric Stokes, he's legit. He is. I don't think he gave up a catch.
2: Didn't no. He came in. um came in, the second, in. He came in that second half of the game, and he balled out. I think he should they start. They tried
1: man. him. They tried him four times.
2: He should start. Kevin King is boo boo. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I know we're not a Packers pod, but it's time, man. there's a reason why Eric Stokes was drafted in the first round. They, and why I mean, that Packers can take another weapon.
1: Yeah that, that was their that was their second half adjustment. They 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 started. Stokes, Stokes yeah. in in oh. the third quarter. And, that, and they we tried him four times yeah. and we came up 0, 0 and four against him.
0: Yeah.
1: And um I think that's the reason why he went he like that was the first shot they took at Eric Stokes. So I guess he wanted to test them. But that guy's the real and deal. That, so th- there's just a time and place to test guys like that though, right? Yes. Like, like
2: like if that was a third and one, sure, do it. If it's a second and one, go for it. Um first and ten, go for it. Yeah. Fourth and one, go for the safe play. I know it's a rookie. You want to test him. It,
1: and the you, thing is, bro. Yeah. The thing is, with that play, Jared Goff didn't even turn his head.
2: I know. He just so as soon, achieved, as, soon as he, he called
1: Hike, as soon, uh, Yeah. As soon as he called Hike, he looked right at Cephas, and tried he's to make not the making play. Best. Yeah. He it. So if he would have just turn his head for like a couple seconds, he would have said, "Oh shit, I have four guys wide open right here." Yeah. But he didn't do that. Yep. So I think that's something that. I, I guarantee you, they're going to show Jared Goff that play, you know, when they go over film, which they probably already did. And he probably was like, fuck. You know, what what the hell?
2: And that play, once, you know, they got the turnover and downs, like I said, I said it in yesterday, and I still think of this stance. I think that's what brought all momentum down for the Lions and all momentum towards the Packers. You got that fourth and one, st- uh, the Packers got that fourth and one stop. They marched on the field to get a touchdown. It's now a two score game. It, yeah, it, yeah
1: it, took, it, it, took it was a two score game. It was, it was a, a close two-score game. I mean, it wasn't like no, it was down by like fourteen. All right. But um, we're like a down fan. by 11. It was eleven. Eleven. Yeah, it was eleven-point game. So yeah, it was And seven. um, yep. yeah. And then the very next play, when we get the ball, what happens? You know, we, uh, we fumble the snap. Right. So yeah, it, it first just, everything just the very first play. So everything just went downhill. Yeah. <laughs> everything just went downhill fast. But positive from that game. Our run defense played well the second half. I know the first half didn't look all well because, you know, we're playing high, but the second half, we played we played well.
2: They did, but then with them having to switch up their defensive game plan a little bit, it opened up the passing game for the Packers a little bit because the Packers couldn't really pass the ball. So, it, like I said it yesterday, and I still think this stands too. It was pick your poison. Do you want Rodgers to beat you with his arm or do you want this run game to beat you? Because they don't have the personnel to really stop either at a consistent level. It's like you can't say hey we have a strong run defense so let's just rely on our run defense or we have a strong secondary so let's rely on our secondary we'll, we'll stack the box a little bit more the lines don't have that personnel where they have that advantage they kind of just they had to pick their poison age is like okay um we couldn't stop Aaron Jones in the first half let's try you know let's try dialing up a little more pressure in the second half and letting roger sling a little bit and he he was able to he connected with the 50 yarder with Devonte adams and made some nice passes to robert tonyan it was pick your poison there wasn't really a win situation with aaron glenn what he got to call called honestly in my opinion
1: yeah and then you got to also factor in that's when you know it's like i have, that's early in the quarter that's when we lost um Malafonto.
2: yeah no and that's when they obviously had to switch up the game plan as who,
1: well who you know i want to put on record played really really really, really did well. he did really 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 well for a rookie to come in there he was something that, you know, Lions fans hopefully come back. I don't even know what the extent of the injury is. I know it's a quad. Yeah, Is it a tear? Is it a contusion? What, what, do you know exactly what the injury is?
2: So, Campbell did not sound optimistic. Uh, when they interviewed him, they said he's going to miss significant time, and he shouldn't be back anytime soon. But, like, it just sounds like he's going to be out for a minute.
1: Yeah. And I'm, so I'm a guy. It blows. Yeah, I I hope it's not a tier, a quad tier, because I had that before, and that sucks. Mm -hmm. It sucks. Um,
2: But no, that's just tough, man, because like we mentioned, this is a rebuilding season, so you want to see the development of these type of players going forward. And he had an opportunity, obviously, with Noah Kuda, and he got to step in, and he, he was doing his job. He was doing his job in the first half and then suffered the injury, which... Looks like he'll probably be placed on IR. I would assume by the time you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, I would assume he's probably on IR by now. But if not, probably very soon. Uh, before, like he's not playing this Sunday versus the Ravens. Like that's just a given. Mm-hmm. Uh, Campbell said it at the very least a couple weeks. That's the yeah. very least.
1: And and also another thing, man. Like if if I would have told you last year when we had pencilhead as our head coach, that Aaron Jones was going to get 17 carries, like. <laughs> <laughs> If I told you that Aaron Jones was going to get 17 carries, how many yards do you think Aaron Jones would have against Pencilhead?
2: 17 carries? 120 yards.
1: 120 yards. At least. So Aaron Jones' game had 17 carries. He has 67 yards, 3.9 average. He had one touchdown on the ground.
2: How many receiving yards did he have?
1: Receiving yards. That's when he killed us because yeah. we had no answer for him on the flats. It was it was terrible. It yeah, was he had six receptions, six catches, 48 yards, three touchdowns, um, and that just goes to not be able to you know cover the flats. I think all of our linebackers were were just awful at covering the flats. Every time that there was a swing pass or a misdirection play, it was just wide open. Wide open, and he could pretty much moonwalk to the end zone. That's how bad it was. Um, we need help (laughs) we need help we need faster guys man and this is something that dan campbell is realizing that you know with the team that he's inherited from pencilhead that he needs faster guys
2: yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy to me that people are already trying to pin this point on Dan Campbell, and uh, they're what? already trying to start this wagon, man. Like, how what? are we doing this already? Like, I know it's—I'm not going to speak for majority of Lions fans. I'm not going to even say 90 percent of Lions fans, but there's that very little bit of that percentage of Lions fans that are really trying what, to put this on Campbell. What are you saying? What are
1: saying? Right say? Here we go again. Same, same team. Yep.
2: Same old Lions. Uh, here we go. Same. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um.
1: If if they same. don't see if they don't see what's going on here with this coaching staff. They just, it's simple. They don't know football. Yeah, <laughs> It's just simple. It's as simple as that. They don't know football, man. They, they can't, like, even the media is even like, oh, I see what's going on here. I mean, what coach could step
2: in and the team that he, they inherited would do any different than 0-2 right now?
1: Yeah, this is not the, this is not Pencilhead situation who ha- inherited a 9-7 situation, a uh, 9-7 team. He, in- <laughs> he inherited. He inherited a. Who? Could he,
2: okay, okay, hold up. Did he inherit the worst roster in the NFL? Like, I mean, the worst – I think he inherited the worst situation out of all the head coaching vacancies, yeah. uh, Brad Holmes and Campbell.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody that was on the team last year were so scared of what Pencilhead did. They wanted to run out of Detroit as fast as possible. Oh, they're, oh, they're near everybody. <laughs> yeah. And, and the guys that are still left over <laughs> are
2: performing well. Trey
1: yeah. Flowers, not fit.
2: Jamie Collins, not fit. Uh, Jeff Akuta. Was struggling very badly. Um, Will Harris, probably not a long term answer, but like the, the list goes on. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it just it just been bad. Like they, it, it's I mean the roster is not there. I, I get it. Um, it's tough. I I don't want to go too far into it, but it's tough, man. It is tough. I I think this team they they just, they just have to run the ball more, and that's what. That, that's, that's what took me out as far as, like, why I was kind of disappointed. This is the number of carries our running backs are getting. I think it has to be a lot higher because they're putting too much faith in, in Jared Goff, which is, I mean, he played phenomenal the first half. If we look at Jared Goff the first half, he, he looked like everything that we wanted him to be, everything we thought he could be. He just looked phenomenal. I mean, he was 13 for 16, uh, 137 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. And that that that's a big part. A big part of that is our offensive line, which is, I think, doing a phenomenal job. We're just going to talk about it's that. Week two, week two, doing a phenomenal job. Um, there was a play that they actually did, and it was the second half. It's not second half, second quarter to end the first the first half. It was their last drive, and Jared Goff had the ball. It was third. It was second and eight, and they dead ass gave Jared Goff almost five seconds in the pocket. I had the timer out. It was like four point eight seconds.
2: They asked Jared Goff that question. Um, so I believe the the official stat was I heard this on the ticket this morning. I believe so. They interviewed Jared Goff. I believe the amount of time he had in the pocket was the second highest ever in his career.
1: It wasn't until the second. It wasn't until the second half when they started bringing more people, more pressure.
2: They they, and when they started pressuring
1: him. That's that's and that's the thing about Jared Goff that I hope he improves. I and mean, that's what gave him trouble and. and with the ramps is that when he's pressured, he panics, he, he panics. Yeah. He panics sometimes do wild shit.
2: He like, just <laughs> doesn't like look at his reads. I was looking at a play. This was week one versus the Niners. Uh, Jared Goff. He, he, I think he has a play action escapes. I believe there's a linebacker chasing or is either an address or a linebacker. I don't remember exactly. Who was, chasing. was chasing him. Someone was chasing cam has Khalif Freeman wide open, wide open for like a 30 yard completion. It was in that fourth quarter too. When they're making wow. that comeback, and um,
1: you didn't, you didn't let it go.
2: Just panicked, and I think he did like that one-yard scramble go, goes out of bounds, wastes like you know a good seven seconds. When you know that that's it was the last drive of the game. You know, Khalif Raymond was down the field for at least thirty yards.
1: Wow, yeah, that's something he got to get better at. Hopefully, you know, as the season gets on goes on, he he gets better at you know yeah. stuff like that. I mean, this hopefully. Is...
2: It's just kind of a repetitive thing at this point. It's not like it's like he's a year one player and he's you know still making this. It's the same mistakes yeah. for now since his whole career since he's been drafted in twenty sixteen. Like he gave him the pass his rookie season, he gave him the pass probably year two, but like it comes to a certain point where it's just it's just this is the type of guy Jared Goff is. He panics under pressure when a guy's in his face. It's just that's not a good sight.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that that just <laughs> it's tough. It's yeah. tough, man. But. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how things on on the folds on that end. But um, um regarding uh, this game, what's your what's your final thoughts on this game, man? All
2: right, well, my final. Th- I mean, I guess you know some quick thoughts. I I liked your point on the defense. Uh, the defense is getting a bunch of shit, and like we know, they're not good. The defense is not good. No, they're not. Good. I'm not saying they're good, but they're not the reason they lost this game. I'm with Dan Campbell here. They're they're not the reason they lost this game. I I think, you know. Getting stops on third downs. They got a big sack on Aaron Rodgers. Got the ball back to the Lions offense. Uh, that was the end of the first half. The Lions get the ball. They kick a field goal to end the, end the half. That, that was good execution by the Lions. Getting some points before the half. Not giving time to Green Bay. Good execution. The Lions got a, a nice third down sack. And then uh, to even open up the half. Um, how did the... Do you remember how they opened up the half of the Green Bay Packers? What, what happened? So it was 17-14 Lions what did the Packers do? Did they get a touchdown?
1: Yes, they did. They just marched down the field and got That a was the
2: Tanya touchdown, right?
1: That was the Tunyon touchdown.
2: Okay. So 21-17, that was when I want to see Jared Goff step in. And I know you can blame the defense for giving up the touchdown.
1: Whatever. No, you can't. I mean, you it's can't. the Packers. It's the, it's Packers. the Packers.
2: Yeah. And, and you don't have the personnel. You want to see your quarterback in your and your offense step up to the adversity and score some points there. If you score a field goal, Okay, one point game. You score a touchdown, you get the lead back, and then it's uh, 24-21 at that point. But with Jared Goff, you know, and he, the thing was too, they were orchestrating a good drive as well. It started off with the Godwin igabuke, the former safety from Northwestern. <laughs> he gets a good, <laughs> he gets a good return to start off. You know, the drive he gets him to I believe the thirty five or forty yard line, and the Lions get to the fifty yard line. Orchestrating a good drive, you know, get a fourth and one situation. Situation they have to convert and then after that it's just you can't hand the ball back to Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Already already down to the score and you give up a fourth and one You just can't do it if it's you know a bad team maybe but if it's Green Bay Good teams are gonna you know, they're gonna take they're gonna capitalize on your Misadvantage and they're gonna score down the field and make it a two-score game It's just mm-hmm. gonna it's it makes the game a lot more difficult on your defense and it makes it more difficult on your offense, especially on an offense that you're relying on a lot on the run. If you're relying on the, a lot on the run, going down 11 points is not ideal.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to blame this. I don't want to – because I'll say this. The, the play calling was – it was great. They had, they, had, they had a good, you know, play calling um, this game. I'm not going to blame it on that. But what I would say is on these short yardage, some of these plays – and I know it didn't work last week when they tried a the and one play and – they, they tried to run it right up the gut, but you know the Williams slipped and he didn't get a, it.
2: This is a different matchup. I mean, the Korean Bay A gaps compared to the San Francisco 49ers A gaps, significantly different.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I know they want to put the ball in the golf's hand, and they they all these dirty ones and fourth and ones, do you think they'll just run right up the gut? They were passing these plays. They were they're passing on these plays. And I think they gotta go back to the basics. I know they're trying to be pretty right now, but they just got sometimes you got to go back to the base. Like that third, that fourth and one play with Jared Goff that, you know, he tried to hit Cephas. I think it would have been a lot different. It was just went big up front, got Williams back there and just say, get this first down.
2: And if you miss on that opportunity, you that's gave yourself, you gave yourself a fighting chance.
1: That's fine. You, you know, gave it's yourself, fine.
2: You went, you said, I'm going to trust my trenches for yours trenches.
1: Exactly. And, exa- and, and,
2: and when you're going into the game, I think we agree the Lions offensive line was better than the Green Bay Packers defensive line. It,
1: it was. I mean, our running backs weren't playing bad.
2: I'm if, saying so, if, if the Packers get the stop, okay, tip of your hat. You, you made the stop, you get the tip of your hat. Okay. It is what it is. But like, you, I think you got to try. I agree with you, especially yeah. when you got this Lions offensive line that was balling. And the, like you mentioned, they were setting up good running gaps too all game. And your running backs got good vision too. They're they're yeah. they're not, they're not going to make a stupid run. They're going to they're going
1: to look for a hole. It's not like how it was in the past. Remember the our old uh, regime where we had like fucking uh LeGuerre blunt averaging 1.2 yards per carry AP. On, yeah. <laughs> or AP you know, like this game we had Swift averaging 4.6 yards per carry. Yeah. The, you know, Aaron, you know Williams he was averaging 3.6 which is not the best but he was getting those short, those short, tough yards. And, that,
2: and that's been Jamal Williams' career. And that was versus former team. That's Jamal Williams' career, you know, striking in those short, you know, short-line situations or in the goal line. Like, that is Jamal Williams. And that's why yeah. you brought him in the offseason.
1: Exactly. To convert those short, you know, those, those tough yards. And I, I'm pretty sure Campbell, when he goes back to tape, he's going to say, look, we can't put so much pressure on Jerkoff. Yeah. We can't. Ask Jared Goff all the time to convert these four in one plays. Shit, go big, run the goddamn ball. That's and that's what I'm saying. I don't want to put say that it's the play calling fault because other than those plays, I think they played really well. They the it play is. calling was very well, like yeah. that screen play that you know they will do a lot of good shit. Yeah, I yeah. just wish that um, because you know second half they went away from the play action, the bootlegs, all that stuff they did that would work so well for them. They they went away for that, but they need to go back to that.
2: Yeah. And, and it's hard to, like, just pinpoint on one play to, like, make the, to, like, take all the credit away from the offensive performance because it was a good offensive performance in the first half. But, like, that's the difference from keeping in the game and losing a game. Mm. And, like, it it is what it is. Like, that play was very important. That was a very important play right there. And just wasn't, you know, I don't even think the play call was bad itself. It was just, you could say the play call, but Jared Goff just, Gotta make multiple reads in that situation too. You gotta look around the whole field and see what what's the best scenario. Like I, I understand there's a rookie out there and you wanna try him, but you gotta you gotta just play safe there. You can't be too sexy on that you, play.
1: You do, you do. That's what I say. Not really the play calling fault because in that play, you like I said, there was like four or five guys wide open in that play. Yeah. But sometimes I mean, like I said, in those short yardage, maybe you don't ask Jared Goff to make those plays. Yeah. Maybe you just go big. And just get the first down.
2: I mean, if you have an elite quarterback, it's one thing. Like that was Stafford. I don't think we're complaining right now. But like Jared yeah. Goff is, not, you know, it's not the same type of game manager as, <laughs> as a different quarterback. So it just is what it is, you know. Yeah.
1: Fourth and one, fourth and inches. I, I I just hope going forward they they realize that maybe they they just need to run the ball because our O lines our strength, man.
2: It is. The biggest strength on this football team right now.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, well, you already – this is a good transition. You brought up the offensive line, and we got to talk about this now because this is now two weeks in a row. Panay Sewell, he's at left tackle, had a very a good outing again this week on Monday Night Football. What are you doing here now? This is getting mm-hmm. interesting now. I mean, I, I, I don't think you can move to the right side anymore.
1: Yeah, Penai, man. man. um Sewell, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what they do. It's weird because when I'm watching this, when I watched them play last week, you would think that all the runs, and even though the even though the commentator was saying, "Oh yeah, they're running behind 58," <laughs> they were running on the they weren't running on the left side.
2: They're running Most on Matt of, Nelson's side. Yeah, they
1: were running like they were relying on uh, Vitae and and Ragnow and getting those holes and and running through that, and even Matt Nelson, which I, I don't understand, but they're running to the right side. They're running to the right side. They like they barely made any running plays to the left side, and then that could be. I'm not sure if they were, if the Packers were were stacking that side. I don't think so. But it doesn't make sense why they were just running to the right side. Maybe they like the right side. Maybe they feel like that'll be their strength, especially if they're running the ball. You know, you got you know run blocking. You got you're talking about Frank Ragnow, Vitei, right and then you put Sewell back there running the ball. That's a really good wall. That's yeah. a really good wall on that side now. As far as you know, playing, playing the 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 rush, the pass rush, it's gonna be a little bit tough for Sewell because you saw him struggle in the preseason, yeah, for sure. So I don't I don't know, man. If we put, if Taylor Decker comes, if Taylor Decker does come back, and we put him to the right side, and he still he struggles just as much as, just as much as P- 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 Sewell. What do you do?
2: It's tough because Penai Sewell is obviously. Or Panay I
1: always say Panay. Wait, is it Panay? It
2: Panay. I always say Panay. <laughs> uh, Panay Um You know, if Decker struggles at right tackle. But, like, the thing is, you draft a Panay Sul at the seventh overall pick. Like, he's only 20 years old. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's more important to protect the blind side than him to play right tackle. Like, I think he is a luxury. And... I think we should just go forward and develop him at left tackle. He looks comfortable there. He's He's been a left tackle his whole career in Oregon. Like, I, I, I don't, like, Decker is honestly, obviously, on a long-term contract right now. Like, we have him for is? another five more years. But, Panay Sewell has potential to be your left tackle for, if everything goes well health-wise, and he's a baller, he could be your left tackle for the next ten years.
1: He can be. But... What happens if he does learn the right tackle position and he picks it, picks it up? Well, that's I'm up- saying, but, like,
2: but do you want to risk moving him out of a position he's doing well out of right now and and try that right now? I don't know. That's risky to me.
1: It, it is risky. But, I mean, it won't hurt him to learn both positions and, and, and master both positions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It won't hurt him. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I think if, you know, you know Ted Decker writes out his contract... Or we get to the point that he's movable, and we you know move him, and we just flip Sewell, you know Panay back to the to the left side. I don't think it will hurt him
2: okay, how about this so when Decker comes back, do you think they should start him at right tackle just to start off and see how he does
1: that they could and and yeah, they could and then the thing is though, what I'm worried about is why would he struggling just as much as Sewell does? Or That's what I'm
2: saying. I, but, but I'm saying, should we give Decker the the opportunity and, you know, the tryout to see what he could do at right tackle? And if, if he struggles, then we can have a different, uh, you know, this is a different, obviously, question uh, when that happens. But, like, do you think we should just continue developing Sewell at the time being at left tackle?
1: It is, it's, it's, it's a tough decision. It's, it's a really tough de- decision. But I will say this. Um, Sewell on the right side does make that running the, that running game better. Because they're they, with that wall uh, between Ragdoll, Vitae and, and Frank right now all next to each other. I think they're going to be able to create giant gaps on that side. And I think Vitai I think, um, Panay, even at this stage is a much better run blocker than Taylor Decker. So, I think with that wall, you put them to each other. I think that makes a running game better. I just don't know about. And pass pro. Yeah, and pass pro. And it, it does make them weaker. But it's tough, man. That's why I said, like, what, what would we do? What do you do if Taylor Decker's worse? At right. At right. And I'm talking about then playing Sewell.
2: I think you just got to try it, though. I think you got to see where it goes. And if Decker doesn't work out at right tackle, then I think it's a different conversation. But I think as of right now, I'm looking at Penay Sewell as, as a guy who could be our starting left tackle for the next 10 years. And I think that's more important than putting Taylor Decker at left tackle. Like I know Taylor Decker's got a lot of flexibility on his contract. We extended him. That's fine. But as far as the long-term plan and and him being a Brad Holmes type of guy, too, because he was drafted by Holmes, I, I don't know, man. I, I just want to see where this goes because he's getting better and better. I, I know it's only two weeks mm. in, but but he's looking very promising in this in his early career.
1: His upside is a lot higher than, than Decker. Taylor Decker.
2: Yeah, like his Decker upside is, is way guy. higher. Which is a good is a good player, obviously. Decker's a
1: good he's player. a he's a he's a good player. You know, yep. he's what do you consider him like a top ten tackle? Uh, top like 10, number ten, or
2: at least top yeah, de- the de- definitely team. in the top fifteen. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. He's in the he's in the top half for sure, no doubt. Yeah,
1: but you you're talking about a future all, potentially all pro.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like, did, do you want to risk taking that out? I mean, Penaezul has always been a left tackle. And he's obviously a lot more comfortable there. Because we saw in the preseason he wasn't comfortable at right tackle.
1: He wasn't comfortable at all. It, it looked bad. Like, it, like, his first step wasn't 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 right.
2: I mean, it's a, it, I've never played the position, obviously. And you haven't played the position. No, but, yeah. like,
1: but, it's, but, like. I, it's, it's playing corner is similar. Because when I played corner, I was really comfortable on the left side. When you put me in the right side, I wasn't that comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it's, it's kind of like that.
2: Yeah, I, I saw who the hell was it? I don't remember who it was. It was a former offensive lineman. He said it's like wiping your ass with your right or left hand. Some people could do it. Some people can't.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it, man. It's, it's not as easy, man. That's yeah. why people. That's why people like they, um, when we drafted them, it was like, yeah, hey, you can move them all around, and I mean, it's tough. Yeah, it's, it, tough.
2: it's like it's like switching, you know, handwriting. It's like switching, like writing with your left. If you're right, re- you've been a writer your whole life and trying to write with your left hand, like it's not easy. Like maybe you'll get the hang of it one day, but like you may never get the hang of it.
1: Yeah, so that that's something that. Um, but we like to
2: ask. We like to ask whip an analogy, but I think that's more funny. Than handwriting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. I think no matter what they do, I think getting Decker back is going to be a, a plus because. Yeah. He's better than Matt, Matt Nelson. I mean, oh, yeah. Just put that out there. He's better than Nelson. Way better than oh, Nelson. That's so. not even a
2: question. That's not even. A yeah.
1: So it's gonna it's gonna improve our, our offensive line. Make us even better. So I can't wait f- for that to happen. Yeah. But man. Um,
2: well, yeah. That, I'm I'm that, I think w- for me I, I'm just all in. Put to at left tackle and see how it goes. If Taylor Decker struggles at right tackle. We'll talk about this game. We'll have another conversation on this. But uh, yeah. like the, the best case scenario is, I think Panay sticks at left tackle. He keeps it developing, keeps being a baller, and Taylor dicker's just a fine right tackle. That would be best case scenario, obviously.
1: If that happens, man, that'll be yeah, that'll be best case scenario. Ta- Taylor Decker just embraces the role, comes out, and then performs really performs well. Just like that'll how he's be been, he you know.
2: Oh yeah. Like even if it's a like a minor drop off, I'm fine with that too.
1: I don't I don't know, man. A minor drop off. I think. So take him some games to be comfortable. Because he hasn't played this position and he he, since college. And I don't think he played it full time. I think he's stepped in. Is he the full time right tackle? No, because like every time I look at a play with Taylor Decker, he's on the left side.
2: I don't know exactly, but I know he played right tackle at some point at Ohio State.
1: I I know he definitely took some snaps at at right tackle.
2: I don't know if he was ever like
1: you I don't think he ever right was
2: tackle. I don't know if I don't, ever yeah, exactly
1: him. I don't think he was the full-time starting right tackle
2: if I remember correctly I mean this is back to 2016 but from like the draft standpoint I think I remember him protecting the blind side like yeah that he,
1: he was he was can I I went back and watched some college tape of Decker yeah because when I heard that he played right tackle in college I was like oh let me go back and see how good he was and, you know and everything I saw was him on the left side I was like oh side, maybe, yeah maybe maybe he took some snaps um, but he was, I don't think he was like a, full never a
2: full-time starter. Yeah. I, I don't know what the full is on that, honestly, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, obviously we got another test this week versus Baltimore and then, um, we assume he'll probably get another matchup where this is going to be a big one. NFC North guy. What, what is he going to do with Khalil Mack? That'll be week four. So Pineso might have another, you know, test and you know, he, he just impressed me week in and week out, and I, I'm I'm excited to see the development and growth of his game going forward.
1: Two games, zero sacks, one penalty. I'll take it. For a 20-year-old, 20-year-old kid, I'll take it.
2: For sure. For sure. Okay. Um, and obviously protecting Jared Goff's blindside very well.
1: Yeah. So before before we, you know, go to oopsie-doopsie and ball of the week, I just got to bring up one thing. I want to talk about Jared Goff's, <laughs> Goff's first-half performances. And some of these throws that he was making – that a lot of people thought that he couldn't make. Unbelievable. He, they were, he was dropping dimes. I'm talking about just bucket passes, like buckets. He was dropping dimes. You know oh, what it, the, the biggest f-
2: one was? The biggest one was the TJ Hawkinson in that he, the, the, the,
1: the, the end zone. The t- that was a that beautiful play, man.
2: was beautiful. And I'm not even trying to knock Matthew Stafford here, but I, I, have, I don't know if I've ever seen Stafford make that throw in a Detroit uniform. You haven't? That type of throw? That was... beautifully plays back of the end zone. I feel like Stafford usually overthrows those a little bit. Not gonna... <laughs> like, I'm not, like, I'm obviously, I'm not trying to say golf is better than Stafford, but as far oh, as that throw no. in particular. Stafford, I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen Stafford make a throw that on like that money on the dime back of the end zone.
1: Golf has dropped that first half. Go, he was dropping down. Even that Cephas 49 yard b- bomb, he threw to Cephas. Yeah. It was just like, Cephas didn't even have to slow down. No, he just kept running, and then it just landed right, 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 right there.
2: That was a that, that, that we were just talking about the Lions' offensive line too. That was a third and seven play too, right there. The Lions get the Lions gave Jared Goff some time. He made all his progressions, all his reads, and no. he saw he sees Quintess Cephas.
1: Was that third and seven or was that a third and one?
2: It might have been third and one. You're I right. Think it was third. And, I think it, that was a third it, and it, one play. Offer. It was a third and short, and
1: King King he got, got thirty-seven yards. He got. Killed that play. Oh, yeah.
2: well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, uh, not to give Kevin King a pass, but the amount of 10-to-line, the offensive line gave Jared Goff,
1: yeah.
2: he had to keep up with Cephas for a while. I mean, Cephas made like three different moves before he, he went out. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's the thing with Jared Goff, man. That's, that's the thing that he showed so much promise that first half. Do you think that he could possibly play? <laughs> this is a stretch here. Can you do this? Can you do this for four quarters?
2: I gotta see it. I gotta see it, man. I don't know, man. Like that stuff was nice, but like the drop off from the first half to the second half was significant.
1: Oh, it was like it was like two different quarterbacks. Like if you, you could have told yourself, like, all right, we're playing our backups now, and that's what it looked like. (laughs)
2: Let's say you know, Buddy Earl coming from the liquor store. He's he's coming to watch Monday Night Football. You know, he missed the first half. Whatever. He, he was getting a six pack of beer for the boys. Jesus. He goes, oh, he goes, oh, how's Jared golf looking? All the, you know, all his friends saying, hey, yo, he looks great, making some great passes. All right, let's watch Jared Goff in the second half.
1: <laughs> you know what you said? This, this motherfucker was good. He <laughs> said, oh brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> he, he goes, this the motherfucker you guys talking about was good. <laughs> oh man. That meme, oh brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> that kills me, man. That was yeah, that's uh, what that's you what he that
2: Spongebob said. A SpongeBob episode when a Squidward was uh, performing a comedy show or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he looked he looked awful the second half. I mean, there's there's no excuse. Yeah, there's no excuse. I mean, you could, I, you can say the weather. It was just awful. The momentum just switched and.
2: I mean the, the amount of excitement Lions fans had a week or the first half. Well, at least me, I could speak, and I could probably speak for you. The you excitement. Saw my you saw the my Twitter. Op- the optimism. You saw I was making voice audios on Twitter yesterday. I was yeah. that excited. I didn't know what I was doing
1: yesterday. <laughs> it just looked great, man. And that's what I, that's what I thought. You know, in the offseason, I was like, all right, we're gonna surprise the people. We're gonna look a lot better than we thought. That's what I, that's what I envisioned.
2: Exactly so like, like, what I imagine. And then the
1: second <laughs> half was like, shit. This is what everybody was telling me about. <laughs> this, this is the roll call. <laughs> this is the, this is this is what everybody was telling me about. Like, goddamn, like, shit. But yeah, Jared Goff. I mean, ups and downs. Hopefully, he gets it right. I guess we'll jump into the oopsie doopsie and balder of the week. All right, who's balling? Uh. I really wish I can give it to Jared Goff. I mean, if he would have played that the whole game, I would. Have, that would have been an easy, very easy decision. But he didn't. He played like doo doo cheeks the second half. Um, if I had to give it to a, a baller of the week, I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna go T.J. Hawkinson. Even though T.J. Hawkinson wasn't like he he had an amazing catch. In he what, he did a big receptions. He had, eight, he had eight, receptions, eight receptions. Nine targets, eight receptions, 66, 66 yards, and a touchdown. And they, what they did with him is they tried to take TJ Hawkins out of the game. They they doubled him a lot. And he he actually made a lot of his plays on those third and ones, fourth and one, the, those, those short yards play where um, the Packers were expecting them to run. Um, TJ just got open because that's when he wasn't doubled. So TJ, you know, in this game – have, I'll have to give him the ball of the week, and I also want to give like a cold, not a guy who. Um, this is a guy who just showed a lot of effort in our receiving group, and that's that's Tefas, <laughs> Quintez I'm giving him a an honorable mention <laughs> as far as ball of the week, and the reason why I'm saying this is because he had a rough year, his rookie year, and this year he's he's embracing. That role that he look he wants to be that number one guy, and I just want to mention that effort play that he did that he almost came down with that one hander. Oh, that, that would have unbelievable. That would I would have turned the TV off and just said game over. I said like, I want to watch the rest of the game. This that that one catch just they won they won based off that catch they won. I don't care what the result is they won. Um, but this is the effort play from from Cephas that I'm giving him honorable mention. Fair
2: no man. I mean Cephas not to go on too you know, more into the episode, but Cephas is slowly getting the trust of the quarterback and slowly getting the trust. I think of Anthony Lynn as well, to trust him in more situations. And obviously they gave him a real big trust and obviously didn't work out the fourth and one play because that was to him. So they're giving him a lot of trust. And, I'm all for, it, for Kunze Siva stepping up into this role, embracing the underdog role. And, you know, maybe he could be one of those long-term pieces. That would be really ideal for the Lions receiving core. I'm not saying he has to be the number one guy. But if he no. could be a starter going forward or, you know, a high-end, you know, wide receiver four, whatever, whatever, whatever it may be. That would be great for this Lions rebuild and, you know, fi- figuring out that receiving corps. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. So let's get into the oopsie-doopsie of the week. <laughs>
1: Play a sad song for you on the
2: world's smallest violin. You know, it's hard to really like pinpoint this on one player because I don't really think it was a one player performance on this. I think it was more of a team thing where they lost this game. And I can't blame any of the coaching staff because we mentioned, I, I think it was a good coached game by Dan Campbell. Job. I think it was a good play calling game from both the coordinators, Anthony Lynn and Aaron Glenn. So I can't pin it on any of the coaches. And there wasn't like a single player that just like significantly stood out as like he was terrible. But like if I had to do it, I'd probably give it to the linebacking corps. I would say Jamie Collins and uh, Alex Anzalone, just because you know we, we mentioned it wasn't great matchups for either of them. But you know you gotta just take it well, for what it was. I mean they're the reason why the Packers got Aaron Jones going a bit and you know in the in the receiving game and the run game. So you know if I had to pinpoint it. I would give it to those guys. They just had a tough time with Robert Tunyon, uh, tough time with Aaron Jones, like I mentioned. So I'm going to give it to linebacker, the starting linebacking in corpse with Alex Andaloni and uh, Jamie Collins this week.
1: That's 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 fair. Yeah. I honestly thought I originally thought, like in my mind, I was like, oh, he's probably going to give it to Jared Goff, <laughs> just based off w- of his second I mean, half.
2: I mean, I was considering it because, like we mentioned, it was a big reason why they lost this game with Jared Goff. Yeah. But I think the first half was just too good. Too good. Too, too good. He was in the contention, not going to lie. He was yeah. in the contention to be in the oopsie-doopsie of the week. And I'm not giving him a free pass for the week, because obviously that second half was awful. But <laughs> it was terrible. But like when you put a first-half performance like that... He was perfect. He, he made me even worse a little bit. I mean, I, not the full game, but the first half he made me even worse a little bit. Yeah, He's. He was, I, I said he, he can't make like, big-time throws... And I, I, said he he made he a run? hell of a throw to Jer- uh, to T.J. Hawkinson, and that so yeah,
1: he did. And even the even the first touchdown was nice. The, the, when he found Cephas yeah, wide open, you know, he went through his reads and he saw that you know there was a breakdown in coverage and he found Cephas. So
2: like, t- credit to those trenches, man, they're giving Jagoff time for those plays.
1: Yeah, and I think like I said, when we get Decker back, we're gonna have even more time. So that's that's something to look forward to, man.
2: Well, with that being said, uh, that is a wrap to this episode, guys. I hope you guys all enjoyed our more thought-out process, I like to say, of this post-game uh, first the Green Bay Packers. That is it, the Green Bay Packers. We're done talking about them until we play them again at Ford Field, which that's that's far away from now. So we're not going to be talking about the Packers <laughs> in a while. Uh, we got a Baltimore Ravens pregame coming up very soon. Sometime this week we'll be on your guys' feed, and we'll also be on Spotify Green Room again. This time on Sunday, obviously, because the Lions are playing on Sunday. So back to the regular schedule. We'll be back on Sunday right after the inactives come out. So around they come out at 11:30, so probably be around 12 o'clock. We'll be live on Green Room. We'll be live for a little bit there, and then we'll be live right after the Lions Ravens game on Spotify Green Room. And I want to thank all you guys that were with us live after the game and before the game, particularly with Packers. A lot of you guys showed up and were supporting our show during the pre and post game show. So it's always much appreciated appreciate it if you guys can't when you guys join if you can't join it's always much appreciated if you guys listen to the our feed after and you know if you couldn't make it live so thank you guys so much leave a five-star review if you can i'm not gonna yep. ask it, but leave it
1: <laughs> and yep. i'm out peace <laughs> all right y'all it's your boy malcolm and everything tires that yep <laughs> and i'm out peace